Penn State could be losing another player to the transfer portal while former linebacker Micah Parsons continues to trend in the right direction in the mock drafts. I'm Kevin McGuire and this is Locked On Nittany Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into today's edition of Locked On Nittany Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Kevin McGuire, your host here on Locked On Nittany Lions. And I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Make sure you visit rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. All right, so coming up in today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest addition to the transfer portal out of the Penn State football program. We're going to see where Micah Parsons is falling in the latest mock drafts. I know there's so many to keep up with. We'll take one in particular from NFL.com. And we are going to be talking a little bit about some of the potential rule changes or at least rules that could be reviewed by the American Football Coaches Association going into next year. I think it's a pretty interesting development. We'll certainly be keeping an eye on it. I'll explain all that in our podcast today. Of course, we want to make sure that you never miss a single episode of this podcast when they become available on all the different podcasting platforms. There's so many out there. There's really no way not to be staying up to date with Locked on Nittany Line. So whatever podcast app you're using, make sure you subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review after the episode. Let us know what you think about today's episode and what you think about the show in general as we continue to try and improve this thing, make it something you want to come back to, share with your friends and your family, and of course, your fellow Penn State fans. You can also stay socially connected with us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch, all using the username of Locked On Nittany. And if you're listening to this episode on Thursday, stay tuned. There may potentially be a Twitch stream. It all depends on the work schedule that uh, with the snow and everything that's going on. So we may be doing some live streaming on Thursday. So just keep an eye out for that as well. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about the latest news from the transfer portal. It seems like there's always something going on with the transfer portal, and that's not uncommon, especially in the current state of the college football world that we're in. There's always going to be some interesting developments that come out of the transfer portal. Penn State has been no stranger to the transfer portal in recent years, and it has been pretty busy this particular offseason. The latest addition to the transfer portal reportedly has been a tight end Zach Kuntz. Uh, who entered the transfer portal late this week. is a redshirt sophomore, played seven games last year for Penn State, did not record any stats, but he is a former four-star recruit. He had, uh, I believe, three receptions for 26 yards in his time at Penn State. Obviously was never really the guy that to rely on uh, or to look forward to uh, being a major contributor because there was a guy named Pat Frymuth kind of standing in the way. So we all kind of understood that tight end position was pretty loaded for Penn State, or at least it was well positioned with Pat Frymuth. And I think we saw the signs, uh, you know, the writing on the wall for Zach Kuntz's future. Last year when Frymuth went down with an injury, uh, he was not one of the guys that was stepping in to take over those snaps and ended up being Brent Strange, who we've talked a little bit about on this podcast recently. And he's certainly going to be one of the key uh, tight ends going into next year. So obviously he was the guy that really stepped up in place of uh, Pat Frymuth last year. You also saw a little bit of Theo Johnson, who was a true freshman. Tyler Warren, also a true freshman, got involved a little bit as well. So you kind of got the idea that um, yeah, as far as the tight end position was concerned, Zach Kuhn's probably not going to be really in the, the plans for whatever's going to happen in 2021. So obviously he's going to be a grad transfer. Uh, he will, again, potentially be leaving the program. I th- would guess it's likely that he ends up moving on from the program. And I don't know what the exact numbers are, but it just feels as though 
a high percentage of players that enter the transfer portal do end up leaving their respective schools for another place. And again, it's not unprecedented for a player to decide to stay where they are. After going through the transfer portal, you can always pull your name out if you decide to stay where you currently are. And that has happened at Penn State. That has happened at other schools. So, again, we'll keep an eye on where Zach Koontz goes. But, again, the tight end position doesn't really look as though he's going to be one of the main guys or one of the alternative guys to look forward to as far as that offense is uh, being put together. Also, just keeping in mind that Penn State did sign a tight end that they're pretty high on in this past recruiting class, the class 2021, with uh, Khalil Dinkins. You know, he's a three-star uh, prospect or a recruit in the class of 2021, according to the composite rankings from 24-7 Sports. But uh, 24-7 actually ranks him uh, on their own ranking as a four-star player. So it really depends on which recruiting service you look for. Uh, the average comes out to three stars. But again, 24-7 has him as a four-star recruit. So again, the tight end position pretty well positioned i think as far as depth is concerned going into next year uh, with or without Zach coons and of course there's going to be a new tight end coach because tyler bowen has moved on to take a, a job in the nfl with the jacksonville jaguars and former ohio state coach Erber meyer there uh, and of course ty howell has been promoted from within to take over that role moving forward so i don't know if that necessarily uh, has led or influenced the decision by Zach Koontz to enter the transfer portal. But obviously now is a good time to evaluate all of his potential options. And of course, we'll see where he goes from here. Again, I do think that him entering the transfer portal makes sense. Not totally unexpected. Nothing that's going to be earth shattering, I think, as far as the depth is concerned for Penn State going into next year. Although the tight end position is going to be pretty interesting because with Pat Frymuth moving on, obviously there's a big spot to fill there. I do think that'll be Brenton Strange, but you've got some young prospects that are probably going to be looked pretty highly on to contribute in some way as early as this upcoming season. So tight end position, certainly going to be a position to watch for this Penn State offense in 2021. Also with a new offensive coordinator, we should not uh, just dismiss that as well. So very interesting times with uh, Penn State and the offense and the tight end position. Coming up in our next segment, I want to talk a little bit about what the AFCA is going to do to address a pretty growing concern in recent years. It's certainly a pet peeve of mine, and I think a lot of fans watching from home and watching in the stadiums have felt the frustration over this as well. The AFCA finally taking a stance on a pretty important issue, but I'm not really sure what they're going to do about it. I'll explain all in the next segment here on Locked on Nittany Lions. Before we move on to that, though, you heard me say at the beginning of the show that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Well, Rock Auto is the place to go, especially this time of year. With all these winter weather conditions, you want to make sure that your car or your truck is in good winter road condition shape. And the best way to do that is with rockauto.com because you go to rockauto.com, you enter the make and model of your vehicle, brings you up the entire catalog of everything they have available for you. So if you're looking for some winter tires or you're looking for some winter weather, ice defroster, whatever, you just need an ice scraper, rockauto.com is probably gonna have you covered there. And the best part about it is they give you everything that is available specifically for your vehicle. It makes it so easy, so painless. A guy like me who knows next to nothing about cars can go to this website at rockauto.com and find exactly what I need. They're gonna help you trim it down from their wide selection of options that they have available for just about every vehicle you can think of. They're gonna give you exactly what you're looking for and they're gonna give you really good prices as well. Make sure you go to rockauto.com, enter the make and model of your vehicle and see everything they have available for your car or your truck. And remember, when you check out, make sure you're writing locked on in their how did you hear us about us box so they know that we sent you. Again, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, go to rockauto.com. 
Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our brand new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts a breakdown of all the biggest stories from across the world of sports with analysis from all of our local experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Don't forget to subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at it, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions. Check out Locked On College Football. Check out Locked On Big Ten. Lots of good stuff on the Locked On Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe, rate, and review today. All right, so one of the things that we are talking about this time of year are potential rule changes or how rules are going to be interpreted, how rules are going to be implemented for the upcoming college football season or maybe a little bit further down the line. And one of the concerns that the American Football Coaches Association has brought up recently is the increasing trend of seeing players faking injuries on the field. This is a strategy that is used to slow down the momentum of a game versus an up-tempo style offense or to just gain a little bit of a breather, a little bit of an extra timeout. And when you're you're down in the game and you're looking to slow things down, kind of try to regain control, doesn't always uh, look very good because we all see the video clips where and they exist. Certainly, I know Lane Kiffin from Ole Miss got caught uh, red-handed on camera instructing a player to go down when he was coming off the field in a game last year. And he's not the only one that has done that. And, you know, Penn State, you know, let's be honest, they've, they've probably faked an injury at some point or another uh, on the field as well. This happens every year, happens every week. And it is ridiculous to me because, first of all, it's just poor sportsmanship as far as I'm concerned. As much as I would love to believe that every player and every coach that is taking the field or coaching the game or just involved in whatever game they may be participating in, as much as I would love to believe they have the best intentions for good sportsmanship, I understand that sometimes you need to cut some corners and you need to find a way to give your team an advantage. And ultimately, that's what it all comes back to. You're always trying to find an edge that's going to help your team regardless of the situation. And faking injuries, I don't know if there's been any research to determine whether or not this is a very successful strategy, but it is certainly one that is embraced, at least secretly, or not so uh, clearly, uh, obviously, uh, and you know, definitively, I guess, from an official standpoint. But we see it all the time, and we see the frustration that opposing teams have, certainly opposing fans. Now, I, I do think that there are legitimate injury concerns. I do think that no matter what the situation of a game, there's probably going to be a player that is legitimately injured. And it may look like they're faking an injury at first, but sometimes this really does happen. But I do think that there are some pretty obvious cases where a player is clearly faking an injury, taking a knee um, in the middle of the field after standing and walking off the field, and then all of a sudden he just collapses onto the field. Um, there's something very shady about that process. And there is, uh, I think, an intent by the AFCA to try and address that moving forward. I don't know how you address that. I don't know what you can do to punish a team that you suspect is doing so because I don't know how you can research and figure that out very quickly within the, the heat of the moment because what happens is this player will fake an injury they'll come off for the one play like they're required and then maybe they'll come right back on the field one or two plays later it is shady as anything and we all kind of see right through it but what do you do when that actually happens do you prevent a player from coming back on the field for at a, in a more extended period of time other than one play if so you're probably hurting a team that can legitimately put out a player uh, back on the field uh, and maybe wasn't faking an injury. 
So I again, I don't really know what the solution here is. And first of all, are you going to monitor that? You're going to have to have officials really keeping tabs on who's coming off the field, who's coming on the field on a regular basis. Uh, and maybe it's easy when it's only one player, but still, I just feel as though that is something that could become more of a burden than it's really worth hassling for. So I don't know what the solution is. I, I really don't know. And I would love to hear what you guys have to say about this. So if you want to reach out to us on our Twitter account, Locked on Nittany, let us know what you feel about this. I just, I don't know th- that there is a perfect solution to what this problem is. And I do think it is a problem. I, I do think you have to find ways to prevent players from faking injuries. And you can't just say, don't fake injuries because that that's not going to work. That's not going to fly. There's no enforcement for that. There has to be a way to figure out if this is a problem, this is how we're going to fix it. This is how we're going to implement these changes to curve this moving forward. I'm all years when it comes to this kind of issue, but I'm also all years on a number of other issues. And I think this is the time of year when we once again start needing to uh, reflect on some of the rules and some of the policies in the game that do need to be changed. And I think first and foremost, we can use that season opener against Indiana as our prime example of Let's find a way to get more cameras in place for video reviews. I've been on this stump for years now. I don't understand how in this world of college football and technology that we don't have multiple camera angles in the most perfect spots. And I'm talking goal line, straight down the goal line, straight down the first dial line. I know we get them sometimes, but how do we not have that for every game, for every situation? You just have to have somebody out there with a phone for crying out loud. It's not that hard. We have the technology. We can easily do this on a regular basis and it doesn't have to be the end of the world. I don't understand how, let's just use the Big Ten as an example, how any Big Ten team, or at least playing in their home stadium, doesn't have the technology in place for these sometimes very crucial plays and moments. And I'm not going to harp on whether or not Michael Penix Jr. scored that two-point conversion or not. That's in the past. But the bottom line is we never had definitive camera views. And I don't know if there's an excuse for that because we never got a straight-on camera angle. We never got multiple straight-on angles going down the sideline, going down the goal line. I feel like there's some way to fix that. And I understand that players will get in the way of a good camera angle here and there. That's why you have multiple camera angles. I don't understand how we are so far behind on this technology. It is 2021. We're going into the 2021 college football season. And this is still a very significant issue that never seems to be fixed. I I don't understand it. And I will continue to harp on this for as long as I have to, because there's really no excuse. And a conference like the Big Ten with all the media rights money that is attached to their deal, they should want to have the best possible product out there. And what better way to have that than improving the integrity of your video replay review process? So I think that if you're going to have video replay review and you're going to have a mega medium rights deal, then you need to make sure that it is imperative that any of your media rights partners are going to be responsible for having some more camera angles available. And I'm talking straight down the goal line, straight down the first down line, straight down the line of scrimmage, straight down the sidelines, straight down the end of the goal lines. No excuse. Have the angles available on every single play. What other rules do you think need to be adjusted? What other rules do you think need to be amended? I know the targeting rule is a big one too. So if you have any ideas, if you have any solutions, reach out to us on our Twitter account, Locked on Nittany. Let us know what you think about the possibility of 
the changing the rules regarding faking injuries, video replays, or anything else you have in mind. If you're going to be watching some sports this weekend, why not try to make a couple bucks along the way? Best place to do that right now is with BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the sports action, whether you're placing some bets on some college hoops, maybe you're checking out the NBA action or the NHL action. Heck, if you want to bet on award shows and TV shows and other reality TV shows, they are the best place to get your updated odds and props on just about anything you can possibly imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, odds, no matter what you're looking for, they're going to have you covered. It's the best way to place your bets and it is totally free to sign up and get this. You are not going to get this deal anywhere else other than betonline.ag. All you have to do is go to the website or on your mobile device, sign up for your new free account. When you do that, enter the promo code Locked On, and they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus on top of whatever your first deposit is. Because once you sign up, you have to put in some money so you can actually place a couple bets. So no matter how much you put into your account on your first deposit, they're going to give you 50% on top of that. That is free money, folks. And if you're pretty good at making your picks, you're going to win some extra free money along the way, courtesy of this awesome deal. And there's no cap on what that 50% bonus will be. A lot of sports gambling websites are going to limit how much you're actually going to get on that bonus on your initial deposit. Not at betonline.ag. So go sign up now for your free account. Use the promo code Locked On. Get that 50% welcome bonus, and you are going to be in for a great weekend. Bet online, your online sports book experts. As we begin to inch a little bit closer to the NFL draft, I am going to start reaching out to a few draft analysts out there and get some of their takes on a number of the Penn State players that are heading into the draft. Now, we had Thor Nystrom from Roto World of NBCSports.com on previously on the podcast when we were talking about the return of EA Sports' college football video game. Definitely advise you to go back and check that one out. We had to break that into two episodes because there was so much conversation that the two of us had just regarding the video game. But I also threw in some thoughts about some NFL draft prospects from Penn State. And it's pretty easy to say that Michael Parsons is easily the best NFL draft prospect coming out of this program going into the next uh, this NFL draft. And we all know he opted out last year because there was really nothing for him to gain, really not much for him to lose either, because even though he opted out and sat out the entire 2020 season, his draft outlook still looks pretty darn good. And this is the time of year where I don't put a whole lot of stock into mock drafts, but I do like to take a look to see where different players are being projected by the different analysts. I'm always kind of curious to see which quarterback is going to be overhyped. Uh, and I'm not saying that he is, but BYU quarterback Zach Wilson has certainly skyrocketed up the, uh, the the mock draft process, which I think is kind of cool because I always do enjoy uh, seeing how the NFL folks are discovering some of our favorite college football players. If you're like me, you don't just watch Penn State, but you watch pretty much all of college football. And BYU was certainly one of those teams that a lot of us fell in love with last year, had a lot of fun watching them. Zach Wilson was just piling up uh, numbers on a whole bunch of guys all, all season long, except for Coastal Carolina, but that's another story. Uh, but I do think that it's always interesting to see how that goes. And of course, we're also paying attention to see where those Penn Staters are going to be. Now, Micah Parsons, of course, uh, remains a pretty consensus, I want to say, top 10 NFL draft pick. Going into uh, the, this 2021 draft, even though he sat out last year again, uh, it, it didn't really impact him because I still feel as though he was going to be one of the best defensive players uh, in college football if he played, which would have made him one of the top defensive players in the NFL draft. And we are seeing signs that as far as the mock drafts are concerned, yeah, he's still one of the best defensive players on the board. So I don't think there was really 
any controversy over him opting out last year, and it's certainly not impacting them negatively. I did take a look at the latest NFL.com mock draft. From This one from uh, Daniel Jeremiah. You can follow him on Twitter at Move the Sticks. And he's got Michael Parsons going to the Detroit Lions with the number seven overall pick. And I don't have any on hand to reference right now, but I do feel as though I've seen that projection before. I think that's a pretty pretty uh, common a mock draft pick for Michael Parsons. And it kind of makes sense. I think if you're looking at the Detroit Lions and looking at some of the teams that are going to be drafting ahead of Detroit, uh, you know, defensive linebacker position, not necessarily one of the uh, top priorities for a lot of those teams that will be drafting ahead of the Detroit Lions. Of course, Detroit just made a big NFL trade uh, swapping quarterbacks with uh, the LA Rams, uh, sending Matt Stafford out to the Rams. Of course, getting Jared Goff from the Rams back in return. So it looks like their quarterback situation is relatively fixed for now at least and it's certainly not going to be one of their main priorities when it comes to the draft i think offensively detroit's actually in a pretty good spot that's why you see a lot of these mock drafts starting to look at the detroit Lions going on the defensive side and if they need help on defense why not get a very versatile linebacker who can do a lot for a defense especially in the way that this game is being played i think the versatility and athleticism that michael parsons brings to the table makes him a very ideal candidate for any team that's looking to boost their linebacking core. And certainly Detroit, the Detroit Lions uh, can probably take a look at that. I think what we're going to do is we're actually going to reach out to our friends at the Locked On Alliance podcast and see what they think about that sometime. We'll see if we can arrange that. But I do think it's going to be pretty interesting to see whether or not there's much movement as far as the mock drafts are concerned going up to the, the start of the NFL draft. We know that mock drafts are just taking guesses and what the mock drafters are thinking may not necessarily be everything that's being thought of behind the, the boardrooms where the, the, you know, the war rooms <laughs> that these uh, NFL franchises have put together, you know, and a lot of secrecy when it comes to the NFL draft. But I do think it just the pieces fall into place. It, it looks like uh, where the Detroit Lions would probably want to go with uh, improving their defense and why not improve your defense with one of the best defensive players on the board would certainly be a, a pretty good pick I think for Micah Parsons going in and, and playing with the Detroit Lions certainly get a lot of playing time very early on so I, I think it's a pretty interesting pick and again I, I don't think that this is a an uncommon pick I know we talked about one mock draft that had Micah Parsons way later in the first round uh, recently I think it was one from USA Today that had him down at like 26 or something like that. But it does feel as though I've seen this pick with the Detroit Lions fairly commonly. And I, th I think I've seen one or two where he was going to the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I'm just going to say this as a, an Eagles fan. I, I, as much as I would love to see Michael Parsons come to Philadelphia, I, I think the Eagles are much better served uh, going with somebody that's going to help them on offense. Maybe even offensive line, but you know, certainly they need a wide receiver. And there are going to be a couple good wide receivers, I think, on the board when the Eagles do pick, assuming that they don't trade down or anything like that. I think the Eagles and Michael Parsons probably not going to come together. So if you're an Eagles fan, who's a Penn State fan, uh, I'm sorry. You're going to just going to have to settle with Miles Sanders for now. And believe me, that's fine with me. But I do think that um, where Michael Parsons goes, uh, it's going to be very interesting to watch. I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of movement as far as these mock drafts are concerned. But here's the thing with the draft process. We can get thrown a curveball at any given moment. A team could trade up. That would completely disrupt the entire first round uh, if a team goes up that high, kind of knocks everything out of order. So take these mock drafts as a grain of salt. And just remember, that's what they are. They are total guesses. They're educated guesses, but they are total guesses for right now. 
But again, it looks as though a lot of people are guessing that Michael Parsons could be heading to the Detroit Lions. I will note that uh, Chad Reuter, also on NFL.com, in his recent mock draft that was posted maybe a little a week or two ago, uh, he actually had Parsons going number nine to the Denver Broncos. I actually don't recall who he had the Lions picking at number seven, but still, you're talking about top 10 draft pick. Uh, second half of the top 10 for sure, uh, because you know a couple quarterbacks are going to go in that first round, a couple or those first few picks. Trevor Lawrence of Clemson, Zach Wilson of BYU, maybe even Justin Fields of Ohio State, all looking like top five picks. And then you've got a couple wide receivers. Certainly, Jamar Chase at LSU is going to be high on the board. Devontae Adams, I'm sure, is going to be one of the highly sought-after wide receivers. And again, as an Eagles fan, I'd be fine with either one of those. But as far as Michael Parsons is concerned, still looking like a pretty solid pick to go in the top 10. We'll see after that because it doesn't look like there's going to be another Penn Stater in the first round. It's not impossible to believe that that could happen. But Michael Parsons seems like the absolute lock to go in the first round and not have to wait very long before he hears his name. And that's going to be a wrap for today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lines. Again, if you're dealing with the snow and the weather conditions today, be safe out there. Make sure you stay warm. Make sure you stay cozy. And, of course, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Nittany Lines. I'm trying to keep you company during these harsh winter months uh, as we still have a few more weeks of this to go. So make sure you're subscribed. Leave a rating. Leave a review on whatever podcasting app you may be listening to. And don't forget to connect with us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch, all using the username of Locked On Nittany. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter as well, at KevinOnCFB. And check out my contributions to AthlonSports.com. You can also check me out on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. I'm going to have some pretty interesting news in the coming weeks, I promise you. I'm not just teasing you for the heck of it. I really do have something pretty good in the works. I think a lot of you guys are going to be pretty interested in it. So stay tuned for that. I'll share some details as soon as I can. But good things are happening, and it's going to lead to some good things for this podcast as well. So make sure you are connected with us, stay on board with us, and be a part of this community as we continue to grow it. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, everybody. Talk to you again tomorrow.